You're listening to the Community Call with host Murray Riley Jr. Hello, folks. This is the Community Call podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're back for a special episode of the Community Call podcast. We're here tonight for the Derek Chauvin verdict show. We want to talk a little bit about what's what has transpired as we speak tonight. Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all charges in George Floyd's death. The jury took roughly 10 hours to reach a verdict in the form, former Minneapolis police officer's high-profile trial. Derek Chauvin has been convicted of two counts of murder and one count of manslaughter in the death of George Floyd, concluding a trial that drew intense national interest and amplified concerns over the desperate ways uh, police treat Americans of color. The former Minneapolis officer who is white could face decades in prison. He was taken into custody following the reading of the verdict on Tuesday afternoon. Sentencing will take place in about eight weeks. And Hennepin County District Judge Peter Cahill said, the 12 jurors reached their verdict after roughly 10 hours of deliberation. Uh, that began Monday. Um, Chauvin was found guilty of third-degree murder, second-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Also, folks, coming from Twitter, we want to share some, some very interesting tweets that came out this evening. Um, and I'm calling this Remembering George Floyd. Hundreds of people have gathered in Minneapolis to celebrate the conviction of former police officer Derek Chauvin in the murder trial of George Floyd. Chauvin was convicted Tuesday afternoon of two counts of murder, one count of manslaughter. He killed George Floyd, a black man last year when he kneeled on his neck for over nine minutes. Protesters cheered as they gathered outside of Cup Foods where Floyd was killed. Also tonight, everyone, Tennessee, a Tennessee teen was killed by police inside school. News that Anthony Thompson Jr., a 17-year-old black high school student, did not actually sh um, shoot an officer before police killed him inside the school bathroom last week is prompting demands for, it, for the release of the police body camera footage and the involvement of the preeminent civil rights attorneys. Uh, authorities have offered few details about this case, uh, and so that's all we know so far. Former Vice President Walter Mondale has passed everyone. Uh, former Vice President Walter Mondale died at the age of 93. Mondale served on the former President Jimmy Carter from January 1977 to January 1981. Together, the two endowed the vice presidency with more authority. Political figures uh, remember him as an effective policymaker and a de dedicated public servant. These are our headlines tonight, everyone, as we come to you for this special episode of the Derek Chauvin Verdict here on the Community Call podcast. We want to also acknowledge that there has been a lot of angst with this particular case, everyone, and I tell you, folks are starting to understand that we have our work cut out for us. We have a lot to do. 
We have a lot to continue to do. Even we have received this verdict against Derek Chauvin. There's much more work to be done. We need justice for Ahmaud Arbery. We need justice for Breonna Taylor. And so many others have been who have been unjustly treated by law enforcement. Yes, this is a great day for celebration and reflection. And, and our thoughts and prayers go out to the Floyd family as this jury rendered a outstanding outcome for this case. You know, there was a lot of angst coming from a lot of people on social media this week. And I tell you what, um, as, as we had a chance to uh, check out social media, we started to see where people had found out that the that the verdict went uh, the way that we all hoped that it would. And so George Floyd, uh, George Floyd's killer was convicted. And so here we are now um, in this post moment, we had some words from uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris. We also had some words from the, the president, Joe Biden, this evening as well. Um, they both gave out um, some remarks after this verdict came out. And one thing that the, the president was urging that America has a long way to go when it comes to civil rights and justice for African Americans or, or African Americans, the people of color in this country. And I want to include the Asian and Latino communities and other communities of color in the country as well. Uh, this verdict signifies what where we are moving in this in this direction i think um it's very early but uh i i truly believe we are going to be fine uh, from here forward um there are several more high profile cases out there that we should be concerned with especially ahmaud aubrey's case that's coming up um brianna taylor as well there are several others that we are watching from afar, but we are continuing to monitor everyone. Um, continue to uh, check out our Facebook pages, uh, Point of Concern, and, and the Community Call uh, Facebook page. We share a lot of information over there. I encourage everyone to stop by and check out those pages. Community Call uh, podcast page on Facebook and also the Point of Concern Facebook page uh, as well. And you're more than welcome to join these groups. There are a few questions that you have to answer. Once you answer the questions, the administrators will be glad to uh, go ahead and let you become members of these great groups. But we have a great uh, group of diverse people in these groups. They are very um, passionate about what they post. They're very passionate about following what's going on in, in the political arena. And uh, we are, are very excited to have them along with us as we move forward into 2021. Uh, we are waiting for our panel members to make their way into the show. Uh, in the meantime, we want to share with you some interesting comments coming from the panel members. Uh, we want to also let you know that our senior panelist, Michael, has an article that was posted in 
the New York Daily News. If you're not uh, familiar with the New York Daily News, it is it is a, as a it is a Pulitzer Prize winning um, newspaper in New York City. Everyone and uh, uh, Michael has an outstanding article that he posted in the New York Daily News. We want to make sure if you have a chance, please check out his article. But one thing I want to share with you, he said something in the thread on Monday night. It says, make no mistake, the nation prepares for protests in response to the outcome of the Derek Chauvin trial. Charged with murder of George Floyd, whatever that outcome or verdict may be, but it's highly unfair and, ir and irresponsible for right-wing punditry to suggest, uh, uh, suggest or suggest the outcome of this verdict. Uh, but it's highly unfair and irresponsible for uh, uh, violent, violent protests and uh, leftist rioting that may take place if there's an acquittal. Uh, when no one really knows if this jury will reach a unanimous verdict, but they have, and if so, what will it be? Furthermore, for the most part, a unanimous verdict, and if so, w uh, will be a, a recognized moment in American history. Uh, not to mention, and noted, and more concerns is what happens if there's a conviction. The concern is the fact that they're opposing any conviction and hoping that for an acquittal are largely the same right ringers who, who much of whom are Donald Trump supporters, and the, and that in fact Trump is on record for advocating and inciting police abuse toward especially people of color. That a conviction against Chauvin also, if he is no longer a cop, goes against any key elements of Trumpism. With that said, we must keep in mind about the events of January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol, the insurrectionists and all of whom violently armed and Trump supporters incited by Trump himself, that 90 percent or more of them remain on the loose, fugitives from the law. And facing arrest warrants, we all hope for peaceful protests, but we have now also learned, given the events on January 6th, that the perpetrators involved, that it must more likely for these far-right Trump supporters and extremists to engage in such violence and destruction than those on the left, whatever the verdict may be, but prone to be worse if there's a conviction. It is thus very important to be careful and stay safe absolutely folks this is this is a key thing and in these situations i'll tell you what uh very surprised by what's going on here uh we do have someone into the show tonight welcome to the show you're talking to me hi this is bill Atkins. hey sir glad to have you on the show uh, here. I, I tell you what, very, very interesting verdict today. Um, it, it was. I was surprised I, by the fact that there was a guilty verdict on all charges. I would have thought they'd have to narrow it down to one or the other, but I guess where they are in, in Oregon, they can do all of them at the same time. I, I, I'm, I'm floored by the fact that this jury had a unanimous thought during this whole process especially with the counterpunch that the defense was throwing at them with several with several um, uh, issues of George Floyd's health 
um, the way mm-hmm. in which they decided to go after the health side of George Floyd, thinking that would propel them, uh, p- propel the jurors to think otherwise of George Floyd. Also, what came into play was George Floyd's arrest record as well during this case. And I, I, I don't know if they uh, had any sense of what happened uh, with this once it was being um, re- um, being disseminated to them. So they had plenty of opportunity to digest this information, but seemingly, seemingly that did not move them none whatsoever, Bill. So I have no idea what what would what would move that needle just a fraction. So one of those counts would have came off. None of these counts came off. All the counts stayed on. And I'm just surprised by that all the way around in the circle. Well, as an attorney, I'm used to a circumstance whereby they charge and then there's a lesser charge that that might be an alternative uh, count to find someone guilty of. I and I don't know their process in Portland. I'm, I'm a Kentucky attorney, not one in Oregon. So I don't know how that they managed to convict him of all of those offenses. I would have thought that it would have been one or the other. Uh, that said, uh, as a defense attorney, I know that defense or counsel had a tough job. And, I, and honestly, I think that if it hadn't been for the fact that the police, uh, the law enforcement officers out there, his, his own department had testified against him, Typically, they don't do that, um, so, you know, and I think he would have, even with the video, you know, how many times have we been told not to believe our lying eyes and our lying ears? Uh, that, and that's somewhat what the that's somewhat what the uh, defense tried to do. But they man, they they were they were flogged by that video. And then they played it themselves in their defense. It was that was a that was a questionable tactic. Um, here, here's what I don't like. I, I don't. I don't want this to be perceived as a political verdict. I want this guy to be perceived guilty because he is guilty. All right. I don't want some Absolutely. some guy out there. I don't want some some anybody out there saying, just like uh, an African American would have said, well, if he was found innocent. Well, he was found innocent because he was white. I don't want somebody out there finding saying that he was found guilty because he, they feared violence in the streets. I want this guy to be perceived as guilty as he is. There, there was a stench about it, and he was. He was it, and I, I do believe that he has had complicit co-defendants that should have been tried and convicted as well. I think two of them are still pending trial. Um, yeah, those guys are those, those guys are no longer cops too. Um, right, all right. four of those, all four of these guys were are no longer police officers. So uh, the window for the window for their prosecution is wide open. I think. Uh, I, I think you're right. The other, the other issue is good cops would intervene in such a situation. Good cops would testify against a perpetrator in such a situation. You know, a bad cop is, is their children. An equally bad cop is one who would testify on his behalf and cover for him and make excuses for him and try to rationalize his actions. And we've got too much of that. This, uh, this, uh, back to blue at any circumstances just a bit much in my in my view. You know something, Bill? Um, I, I've I was I was listening to some commentary. I was driving in this evening. Um, folks are saying the the gray wall is fi- finally going to crack. What what is your thought on that? Well, I, I hope so. I mean, 
I feel they do because we, otherwise we've got in this nation a a strong arm secret police type tactic, a Gestapo, not law enforcement as it's supposed to be, at least the ideal of it. And you know, and and here here's something else that I've concluded. Um, one, law enforcement has a tough job because they are required to enforce some stupid policy. Uh, I I include the drug war as the, the number one stupid policy they have. Number two, uh, you know, there, there are certain, I'm not diminishing the racial component in this circumstance, but I see a large part of it economic class. Mm. And while you, it's, it's easy to divide people in the lower classes of uh, the economy in, by any factor, whether it be race or ethnicity or, or even religion, or even, or even uh, sexual orientation. Right. There's right. still one large group, and you know, it, it's it's really totally negative that law enforcement is diminished to being crowd control, and in doing so, they lose sight of the humanity of the people that they're trying to police, and that's using the word police uh, a bit Very loosely. Lightly. Yeah, one thing that is my, one of one of my biggest concerns uh, living in a red state, we both live in a red state, is revenue-driven law enforcement. And yeah. I don't I don't know how how to even phrase this, but in certain areas of our uh, in certain areas of the state, you have a heavy presence of law enforcement where people work at large plants or work mm-hmm. where there's large malls or where people frequent large events, you have such a presence of law enforcement at these locations. And it makes me think that or this is if it's for protect and serve, why are you guys are present at every moment when there is a large event or while folks are driving into work or driving home from work? Or you may have people who are at work driving to lunch and they see the law, they see the law going, coming. And I don't know if it's if that's citizen law enforcement where we're here to protect citizens or is this just revenue driven where, well, you didn't have um, you had a tag light out. So I'm writing you a fifty five dollar ticket. Well, no, you know, hey, that might be a little low for for you. Let me write you a hundred dollar ticket because you, you your tag light was out. Or, well, or I'll give you, you another you, example. That's that's crazy. Uh, I did. I'll give you another example. Uh, military bases. The military, the military bases. Uh, law enforcement outside those have long utilized uh, their authority to uh, to prey upon the military. And the example is that kid in Virginia, that military officer, I think his name was Nazario. Uh, uh, It's exactly what happened there. That, that community was known for that. You guess somebody, uh, I don't know. You in South Carolina? Yes. All right. Well, Fort Jackson, think about it. I'm I'm sure that they're, they're preyed upon every military base. I think they have that sort of situation outside of, of local law enforcement prey upon the, uh, the military, and I think that some portion of that was what was going on with Nazario. And keep in mind, they pulled him over allegedly because of a uh, uh, no license plate, but there was one there. 
Yes. And, and and that's and that's exactly what they do. They they have a pretextual reason. You don't have a tag. It's expired. You've got a tail light out. Oh, can I search your car? Which, by mm-hmm. the way, the proper answer is no. No. And if they push it, say no, no. Well, there's an expletive no. Okay, do not do and don't talk to them. Do not talk you to know, them. If they if they express sympathy towards you, watch the hell out. They got a knife in your back. Wow. You know something. It's it's very hard to say no to guys who have a weapon strapped to their waist. Exactly. Uh, it's intimidation. It, it's it's a factor of intimidation when you see them and, and when they approach you. And here comes the five questions. Uh, yeah. You have a tag light out. Let me see your ID. Let me see your proof of insurance. Uh, well, Mr. Riley, you're yeah. going down the street there. You know, you're in a construction zone. It's It's 35 miles an hour. You were going yeah. 42 and a half miles an hour, so I'm gonna write you this $500 ticket. You cross the center uh, line, <laughs> or something like that. Well, it's peak time, and you know we don't have anybody speeding through here like that. Uh, so you just happen to be running 40, 41 and a half miles an hour in this 35 mile an hour zone. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna write this $500 ticket. I'll see you at court. So you get to court, you have to deal with the folks fact that you have a five hundred dollar ticket wrote wrote out because you was in a construction going in a in a construction zone and you were going mm-hmm. six and a half miles an hour over the speed limit. So anything over ten mile anything over ten miles an hour over the speed limit it would probably draw draw you a thousand dollar fine or higher. Depends on what judge you have that day, I would assume. And that's the minimal effect upon your life. Oh, these yeah. people, they have the ability to ruin your lives. Uh, yeah, your absolutely. Life. But, absolutely. They, they, I don't know if you heard about this guy out of Virginia uh, uh, who uh, they, he, he was basically uh, forced out of his uh, position in Virginia as an officer, was hired by the Brevard County Sheriff's Office in Florida, and then it turns out they had 400 convictions involving him in Virginia they had to dismiss. Because he bogeyed up the uh, the evidence, he stole evidence from evidence lockers, planted evidence, uh, created such havoc and ruined the lives of, of individuals. One of which was, I believe, uh, uh, a sports coach at a school. Um, wow. And it's they they have your life, their life. Right? I'm sorry, if they stop you, they have your life in your in their hands. They can really Absolutely. ruin. You. And the worst thing that can happen, and and that goes back to the drug circumstance I made the analogy the worst thing that can happen to you is not an overdose the worst mm-hmm. thing is you get tagged for a charge or a drug charge and you get into the uh, judicial system the justice system you got to jump through hoops you go to prison you're on probation you have a record you can't have certain jobs because you now have a record yeah it gets it's just it ruins your life and you know what? One of my biggest fears is running into a cop that has an angle toward people of color in the first place. And, and you know, when you live in a red state, you already have that moniker of, okay, I need to make sure I have all my stuff in place. License, insurance, you know, registration, everything yeah. is in place with you. I mean, you have people spend hundreds of dollars to make sure their vehicles stay in, in inspection order. So if you ever do get pulled over, your vehicle is in an inspection order, your taillights working, mm-hmm. your signals are working, everything they they require of an inspection. You know, years ago, South Carolina had these 
where they would you would have to do vehicle inspections. You would put the sticker in your car and say your vehicle I was inspected yeah. at the at the at the at the service station. And those guys would come out, take a look at your vehicle, and 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 do an inspection, write you a, a slip. You put that slip in your dashboard, and they come out with the sticker, slap that on your right. car, on your front windshield, and say, "Hey, you've been inspected." So. Those the law enforcement would see my sticker and say, "Okay, yeah, I could tell he's been inspected, or he's scanning everybody who's been inspected." And so, if you hadn't been inspected, they could pull you over and say, "Okay, let me see you. You hadn't been inspected. That's why you have a violation for not having a, a vehicle inspected." Well, they did away with that law years years ago now. So now, law enspecting has the ability to to inspect a vehicle. Without you having the the sticker, they could just walk up and say, "Okay, you have a tag light out, or your your tail your tail light is out." That's why I pull you over because your tail light's out, or you mm-hmm. have all these psychedelic colors on your vehicle, and it's in- interfering with the other driver's eyesight. That's why I pulled you over. So it's so many tinted things. Windows. <laughs> yeah, tinted windows and stuff like that, and and you know a, a lot of people are are very car car hungry, car savvy these days. And so a vehicle is probably the catalyst for law enforcement to pull over folks instantly almost. I think that's what happened with the kid in Virginia. This lieutenant, um, he went through that scenario with, okay, I had a paper tag. I had it taped in the window. I had my license plate taped in the window because the bumper, my bumper didn't have all the buttons or anything for me to, you know, tighten it up on the bumper. So I, mm-hmm. you know, the prompting of what what folks do, and it's just it's horrible that it, it happens that way to people of color, and other people too. I know it happens to everybody else too, but it it happens more with with people of color than any than anyone else, and I, it just it surprises me so much that uh, if you did statistical information on it, the numbers would be out of the out of the window with with how many stops they make in a month. It would be, but look at the circumstance. I'm not making excuses for anybody because I, I agree with you entirely. Um, it, it's historic. I mean, I'm, I'm from eastern Kentucky, and, and there are people working the coal mines. And 50, 60 years ago, the, the police would arrest those guys uh, when they came out. They got paid on Friday, and they went out Friday night, and they were arrested by what they called fee grabbers. That's what cops were. They, they, they bust them, and what they had in their pockets were, that was their fine. They had nothing when they left. Absolutely. It is largely, I, I do believe it's economic. I mean, I, yeah, race, all those things, race, et cetera, they're, they're, they're components. But the idea is they're holding people down. They really are. And, and they're, they're crowd control. And it's, yeah. it's not helping. It's not helping. It's hurting. And, and the laws that, uh, that generate, uh, that, like, like uh, people aren't killing people because of drugs. People are shooting people. There are gangs because there's money associated with drugs. You know, absolutely. That's why people, people always are. And then the motivation is always, I think, uh, 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 if you want to be conservative about it, at least 95% of the time, it's about the cash associated with it, uh, and that's the competition. It's it's a it's a harsh business world in the cartels. You know, but but I could end the cartels in in two notes by legalizing a large number of of uh, of narcotics. I mean, in, in Oregon, by the way, they have done that. They've legalized almost everything to the Portugal level, where you can carry heroin, personal amount, 
of heroin without fear of getting busted. You still can't traffic in it, but let's face it, nothing that's been done for the last 50 years. Yeah, absolutely. What's been interesting too, Bill, is how 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 we've we've morphed into how to define law enforcement now. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if this case with George Floyd's death is going to propel us to the next level and how law enforcement will go through some sort of reform. Um, we just had a we had a great speech by Kamala Harris today. We, Joe Biden came out and said a few words of comfort to the nation and to George mm-hmm. Floyd's family. And I, you know, I, I I like the fact that everyone is thinking in that in that mindset. But one thing that's standing out in my mind: okay, we've got this verdict. What's next? Okay, it, are we going to get to a point where we pass the law to George Floyd? Um, Law Enforcement Reform Act. I think it's a one of the one of those. I may have the title wrong, um, guys. So don't don't hold me to. But this law is is on the books. And mm. what do you think may what what do you think may happen with this? Well, the the, the um, removal of the qualified immunity, making police officers responsible for their actions, making them think about what they're going to do and the consequences thereof like Mr. Chauvin is, is certainly experiencing tonight, uh, that will be a start. Changing the role of law enforcement uh, to uh, uh, more community service than, than, than beating people beside the road because their taillights out. Um, the, 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 and you're talking about revenue. Yeah, about, and you were talking about how they like speed traps instead of revenue. But a lot of the revenue that police officers get is based upon uh, what is voted for them by the legislatures. And the legislatures are voting them, voting them massive amounts of monies to uh, fund the war on drugs and some other things. And, and that's, they're, they're in there for the money, you know, a lot, just like anybody else. They, they benefit yeah. from it, the police officers do. And there is a certain amount of prestige and excitement associated with being an officer. All right? Yes, I, mean, I would who, agree. Who, who else has... Who else has a license to hunt humans except police? Right, right, exactly, exactly. Well, we want to welcome Michael to the show. Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, What are your thoughts on things? Thanks. How do you feel about... How how am I feeling? Quite ecstatic. Really, really ecstatic of the results of what we've seen. This is the ongoing news reporting and news discussion of the Chauvin um, of the Chauvin verdict. I knew from the get-go after, after the closing argument and after all the evidence was presented that there was no way there would be an acquittal. I really felt that in my heart of hearts and my bones of bones. Um, I feared that it was going to it could have been a hung jury. Or it could have been a conviction. And then when I heard on the news, as I was uh, running a couple of errands, that a verdict was in, I'm saying to myself, am I hearing correctly? They have a verdict? And then I said to myself, could this be it? Like I said, after the overwhelming amount of evidence, the prosecution so well presented, I could not see any way for 
an acquittal, especially when um, defense attorney Eric Nelson, you know, he, I don't know what's going to become of this guy um, because of the way he handled himself in this case. I felt that some of the stuff that he was suggesting was quite racist, and he was just grasping for straws, um, just trying to do a whole bunch of what ifs, what ifs, and even speculating or fabricating some things. I didn't like the way he um, made a bold-faced lie about Maxine Waters. Uh, I'll get to that, and we'll probably get to that a little bit later. But the guy's in big trouble. The, the, the stuff that he put on and the way he handled himself, I don't know if that would be grounds for him to be reported to the state bar. Um, but he opened the door and backed himself and Mr. Schauber into the corner when, um, in their case in chief, they want to suggest carbon monoxide could have been as likely the cause of George Floyd's death. Now, some people are already knocking down that theory because the police cruiser was a hybrid vehicle, and thus there was, according to the experts and the prosecution witnesses, there was um, very little, if not, or no um, carbon monoxide um, going to George Floyd. But then I had debunked the argument on social media, and I called into some of the local radio stations saying that if they want to blame carbon monoxide for George Floyd's death, look at that video. Who put George Floyd in that predicament? Who placed him there facing the tailpipe of a motor vehicle to be smothered by carbon monoxide from that tailpipe. It was Chauvin and the three co-defendants, now former police officers. So my whole argument was that directly or indirectly, these four guys were responsible for George Floyd's death. And what I was so shocked, Murray and Highbell, um, what I was so shocked is that the the prosecutor and what that was delivering the the closing rebuttal, Jerry Blackwell, he addressed that issue about the um, carbon monoxide, but then he raised the same point as I did. And some people were saying to me, Michael, I heard you on some of the radio stations, and you know what? You made some powerful arguments and very valid points that I didn't think of, the host, the radio talk host didn't think of, and it's like turn on the light bulb. And now the prosecutor has raised that issue, wondering if anybody on the prosecution team, even if they're paralegals, have to be listening, and then they pass the word on to the prosecutor. Now, we all know anything and everything is possible, but then I am still like, having goosebumps on that. It, it's like you heard Mr. Blackwell um, deliver that argument about maybe five to six hours after I spoke on the air on my local area. So 
all I could say was, wow. But, you, but, but make gotta, no mistake. But you, got, but you have to think in, think through these situations, Michael, that, you know, mm-hmm. I think the opportunity came for him to research may have. I mean, you had a great point of view on that. Uh, you know, uh, attorneys do their homework. I know they do because I'm I'm talking to one. And I know Bill does his homework when it's when the opportunity comes. And so there was an opportunity in this whole in this in this entire time for this case to be made for the for the guilt of Derek Chauvin. And even with what you're saying, that I think that was a catalyst already in play um, for for what happened. The thing I want to talk about here, and I, I'm glad I have the both of you, is the simple fact that where do we go from here after we get a verdict of of this enormity? You have the the entire civil rights community celebrating this verdict from Al Sharpton. Benjamin Crump, Jesse Jackson, these faces were on TV today um, as the verdict came out. Um, members of George Floyd's distant family were in, in attendance uh, doing this uh, live press conference. Um, so we, I still believe we have a long ways to go before we find ourselves in, in, in that utopia of um, non-racial existence. And uh, uh, we are a long way from that, I think. Guys, what, Bill, what's you your are, opinion? What's your opinion? I, I, I think you're right. I mean, some of us were deluded before President Obama took office that mm-hmm. that was a, a past that we'd moved away from. But when Obama came into office, race became a primary issue. And a lot of these organizations, the Proud Boys, the Tea Party, they formed because we had a black president. It had nothing to do with fiscal policy. I mean, if it had something to do with fiscal policy, uh, then, then the uh, white jobs with the uh, Gadsden flags and uh, the George Washington costumes would have been all over Donald Trump, who increased the national debt by as much in one term as Obama did in two. Um, you know, I, and and I'm hoping that we. I know that George Floyd's death caught the attention of the nation, and it moved a lot of people. And I, I, I it's not about me. They'll make it about where I'm from, Eastern Kentucky which, my friends, is, is as white as it can be, okay? And it was always a rather tolerant location uh, to accept the people um, because, you know, honestly, when the, when the immigrants moved in, they intermarried. Now, and, and there were not many blacks, but there's some there now. But the main thing is that even in Lily White, Letcher County, Kentucky, the town's called Whitesburg, it's got nothing to do with race, they had marches, BLM marches, displays in store windows supporting BLM. All right, that's that's powerful. It's moving across the country, just like Dr. King. His movement grew, all right, and became Absolutely. far more uh, palatable, shall we say? I'll use that word. It's not a good word, but it's, it's credible. Uh, people look back, and and you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when Dr. King was not always lauded by by individuals in this nation when he was called a communist because he thought uh, equality was a good idea uh and and law enforcement Even, was not always on the side of civil rights it was, it was against civil rights and, and that was absolutely. not just in the south but in the fbi j edgar hoover was no friend uh absolutely. but I, I think that it, we have the opportunity to look at this and a lot of people are are uh 
are reacting correctly. I, I had a, a, a lady in my office tonight uh, as the verdict came in, and uh, he, she said, I'm just glad that happened. And then she looked at him. She was tentative about it, you know, and she was, she was white. She was about 60 years old, which from my perspective is not that old. Uh, but in any event, so, um, I think a lot of things are coming to the consciousness of a lot of people, but it also generates a visceral reaction from those yeah. people that we're talking about, the racist in this nation, the proud boys, the three percenters, the tea partiers who claim one thing but are actually masking their hate. Um, yep. You know, the Ku Klux Klan, you know, the, 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 it's, it's a, and the, 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 the Ku Klux Caucus in, in D.C. that includes Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and others. Those folks need to be impeached. That's what they need to be. So, so we can be they're, 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 dis- they're a yes. disgrace. We need to just impeach them folks and be done with it because they're not doing anything but holding up holding up congressional stuff. Those folks are. Well, they're holding in. on to a past that we were trying to get away yeah. from a a a a a past that it was primitive, and that uh, that has caused so much trouble. It still does because they're they're promoting it. One of the things that's one of the things that I want to say about the ignorance of of being a being a congressional member, and and. A lot of the senior congressional members need to rein those folks in from the start when we have these issues. Marjorie Taylor Greene should have been impeached, been impeached and out of there. I think some of those, some of the congressional members don't have the will to get her out of there because they, they're afraid of reprisal. Well, well, yeah. I, I can understand that because your constituents, you have constituents in the areas in which you live. You may not have a, 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 uh, population of African Americans, you may have a blend of 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 races in your community that are supporting you. So somebody who may be supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene could slip over and tell tell those folks, "Well, look what he look what Murray's doing. He's trying to get her up out of there, and we supported him on some stuff." And da 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 da. He wanted to get that street that that section of the interstate named after his dad. And so we all decided to say yes, and we asked, we even put some money there for him to get his dad's section of the interstate done. And then later on, I come back and say, well, you guys have been, you guys ain't worthy of being congressional members. You guys need to be impeached. We're going to get you out of here because y'all holding up everything. And if well, folks don't, folks don't want to do that because they are worried about reprisal. Ask Michael. He as Michael. He has a governor there who is his reprisal. Folks are trying to just do away with my pseudo president. I don't understand. And and, and reiterate. Yeah. Let, let me reiterate the 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 reaction to Obama's taking office generated so much overt racism. I mean, they, they masked it for a while. Mm-hmm. They masked it for a while, but they lauded. They, they, Inadequate president endorsed the Bush blundered for eight years, and then they they hanged Obama in effigy. They portrayed him with a bronze nose and wrist that crazy headdress. They 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 uh, uh, attacked the uh, appearance of a beautiful woman, of Michelle Obama, uh, and and they and they compared her, them and their children to to uh, simians to to monkeys. And, and that's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. And they did it not 
they did it certainly to to uh, diminish the Obamas, but also to, in some perverse way, uh, enlarge themselves, increase their own uh, 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 self worth, and they they're not worth much. And then yeah. they lauded someone like Trump. I mean, it's like Bush, who was what he was. You know, it's inadequate and a blunder. And then they they lashed themselves onto. Uh, uh, Trump, who, uh, as if he were some sort of minor god, which by God, he is nothing of the sort. He's the worst president in this nation, as this nation has ever suffered. Um, and they're not for, they're not for aspiring to a greater America. They want to make America great again. But when they say that they want to make America great again, as it was in about 1955. Wow. And that's, that's something we cannot abide. America you know, wasn't great back then. No, it wasn't. You know something? You hear that you hear that rhetoric a lot coming from from Southerners who who see who continue to parade around in in vehicles with with the blue the blue gray and blue flag blue gray and white flag all the time. You have those folks right. riding around with the "Don't tread on me" and ah, folks just it really gets old. Well, no, you know, the, the sense of history associated with the South and the Confederacy, uh, for whatever it was worth, they've taken every symbol of the South mm-hmm. and made it the symbol of hate. Yes. They literally have. Okay, Absolutely. You can revere history. You can revere a struggle. You can talk. I mean, I visit battlefields in which Nazis fought Americans and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, and people fought for their causes, and that's one thing. But these individuals have taken every symbol and made it into a hate symbol. And that's what I find reprehensible. They'll wave a Confederate flag in the Capitol building when they try to overturn an election. They'd call black police officers um, uh, the N-word, shouted at them. And, and, you know, I don't don't understand the mentality behind that. Don't, don't forget also that those same people waving the Confederate flag as they mm-hmm. see the Capitol, the same mm-hmm. ones that have the audacity to yell Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter, right. which explains um, AOCs blasting these um, insurrectionists and the right-wingers that are backing them up. Don't want to hear Blue yeah. Lives Matter from Republicans ever again. The people waving the Confederate flags amongst them are the same ones that use the American flag as a weapon on U.S. Capitol police officers. Explain that one, right-wingers. They they can't explain it. They can't even rationalize it. It's all about, Mm -hmm. as I said, it's a primitive, primitive, uh, visceral action against what they fear, which is the future. You're right. They cannot explain it. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I put that as the challenge for the order. The Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Grahams, the Matt Gates, who's in deep doo-doo, and um, <laughs> who's the other one? Jim Jordan, of all people, the clown prince oh, yeah. of ignorance and nonsense. That's well, hasn't right, he Matt been slapped down? Hasn't he been slapped down twice this week, first by Maxine Waters and then by Val Deming? Val Deming. I mean, <laughs> I loved it, man. She 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 clobbered him. He's a moron. You know yeah. something? 
you know something? At, at some point with these folks right here, they all should have been impeached, and, and we they we I don't understand why we hold, why why nobody has the courage to stand up and say, you know what? Either we we should be able to, and I and I don't know if if it's permissible or not that you can censure folks from speaking during sessions like that. I, I, I've always wondered why why other congressional members don't have them censured, and that way you, you can't come to the chamber well, and speak speak the way you speak look, to to folks. Well, that could be. Well, now, that could now be, you, that now could you be. had. Let me jump in and say this, and then I'll let you come back. You had AOC come out and reintroduce that uh, uh, economic plan again to to the congressional members. On a day where we got a verdict for the George Floyd case, I know I, I, young and impetuous young folks. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a long conversation with young people when I get done with things. We we our our focus should be on those congressional members being unelected out of office altogether because they are holding up legislation that we that the nation needs right now. We're trying to get this. We're trying to get some things done. We have. Floyd law that we want to pass. We have uh, infrastructure on the books. We want to get some of that stuff done. We want to get control on the gun control uh, on the books as well. It's a whole bunch of stuff we want to do in a in a in our legislative hour. But none of that stuff is in in focus because you have someone who is so deluded, like Marjorie Taylor Green, walking around with an arrow on her head and and all kind of nonsense. And it's distracting the congressional members from using their ability to keep legislation moving. The president can only do so much, you know, with his ability to encourage, his ability to have people be galvanized to some degree where they respond to stuff. We ain't having that right now. He came out this evening and, and said a nice speech about the, the conviction of Derek Chauvin. We have reached some a moment in American history that we all should be thinking about those who have been impacted the most, and that's our people of color. And and I understand I understand the nuance of what a president has to do when it comes to walking that fine line where you're not trying to infuriate the other side either, but you also want to be inclusionary, and that's what Joe does. He tries to be inclusionary. He said, a little portion of his speech was, let's think about what has happened in this moment of, 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 of this verdict that we are trying mm -hmm. to remedy, remedy racism in this nation. It is our opportunity to take this moment and capitalize and move the George Floyd legislation forward from the House to the Senate. Nice play there, Mr. President. That was a nice move he tried to do this evening with the well, what, what, what he's got oh, to do is, is uh, in, in, in his activities, what he's got to be careful of is tainting the legal process. That's yes. one of the things. Uh, I, yes. I don't think that that really happened. I don't think it happened with Maxine Waters or Joe Biden. But I've, I've seen right. this in the past. I, my, the most prominent example I can think of was back in uh, about 69 when Nixon pretty much pronounced Charles Manson guilty. Well, he was, mm -hmm. but... He, it wasn't his role. Uh, so you, they've got to be careful in doing so. Um, the reaction, um, certainly, if, if it had been a, an acquittal, 
uh, that have been violence. Uh, I understand why that would have been violence. I certainly assert that it would have been a negative consequence if that had happened. Now uh, we've got a conviction on all counts. I don't think people will react in a similar way. I hope they don't because they beat you over the head with it. I mean, the, the, your, your opponents, those people, those very people that we don't like, point to that and say, look, we were right about those people. Yeah. Um, and I agree and I, with what you're saying because I, I agree I with what Bill is saying here. I, I agree with what Bill is saying here. And the simple fact that people have people have their mind made made up when when it's oh it, either party in this situation. If the thing would have went left, we'd have had folks burning down stores and in oh, the streets sure. and everything else. Listen, folks, Murray's not Murray's not trying to say I'm, we're better than anybody. But let's think for a second. You know what would have happened? We young folks respond and react differently than than adults right. do. Uh, it's an emotional thing for young people when when it when it comes to um, uh, black lives in this country, not just black lives, but anybody of color. I think people respond differently when 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 it's people of color who are impacted the most. And I don't want to always focus. I don't always want to focus on people of color because there are we have good white people in this in this country who do wonderful things for people in people of color in in communities every day you teach they even you, join in the protest yes sir <laughs> you you have exactly. people who contribute in this nation and it's not and you know i know i'm gonna get beat up later i know i'm gonna get beat up later because you know folks are saying this is that murray crossing trying to trying to straddle the fence <laughs> no I ain't trying to straddle the fence. I'm being harmonious. That's what Joe Biden did this afternoon, this evening right. was being yeah. harmonious, folks. And so why not? We can't. Why we can't be harmonious? I'm coming to you, Victor. Uh, you know, it, it it bothers me when folks think that. Oh, you trying to be a peacemaker? Come on, Mary. Really, really. Let, no. Let me make. No. Uh, let me make Murray a quick analogy. Oh, yes, but let me make a quick analogy because I'm going to have to go and I hate to leave this, but here's what I will say. What they will say, would say what they would say when they point to any violence perpetrated by people reacting to, say, an acquittal of, of George Floyd, uh, not George Floyd, but of uh, Chauvin, is, is, is the very conclusion. Now, they'd react and point to that and say those people are doing exactly what I told you they, they would do, and they're being what I said they are. Analogize this. Imagine this. I look at what happened January 6th in Washington, D.C., and I said, look at what those people are doing. I told you that's exactly what they are, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, that's exactly what they are, but we can't – I don't give those clowns that ammunition is what I'm saying. Right, right. Absolutely. Gentlemen, it's been fun. I, I've, got, I've got to go, but it's, it's always fun talking to you all, and uh, but, I'll do it again soon. Glad you stopped by. You made my heart leap when I heard your voice. I know you're a busy oh, man. Well, you you you're in you in the post COVID America right now, my friend. I know you're very busy, and uh, we just well, love to have you on. You know because you come here and you drop you drop you drop golden nuggets on us all the time, and uh, even fun. I have even I have to go back and listen to some of those early podcasts when you came on. And oh my goodness, we guys we did such a Wonderful, wonderful thing having you on. Victor, talk to me, sir, before Bill goes. Well, um, it was nice hearing from Bill. And um And I second I, that. I'm glad he's okay. 
Yes, I am. Thank you, guys. Um, and fortunately, I got to be on because earlier I thought I wasn't going to be on. Um, the other Zoom meeting that I was um, supposed to participate in got postponed. So postponed, so I was able to uh, join. Now, there's a lot of things on my mind about this. First, um, uh, goodbye, guys. I'll see you later. Take care. Okay, All right, sir. Bill. You have a good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Bill Atkins, please give him um, your appreciation, Those, all those that are listening. Sorry about that. Oh, yes. All right. First, we have the other three officers that um, are set to stand trial in August for aiding and abetting um, David Charvin. I think two of them already are trying to say that they tried to um, tell him he was using a excessive force. But I think that's just a ploy to get their sentence reduced or, you know, try to avoid one altogether. Um, Murray, what I want to say about why these folks are not being impeached is because uh, even though President Biden got 81 million votes, Trump still got 74 million. And yes. that's the second high amount ever voted for in an election because Obama got the highest in um, 2008 with 69 million. So there are a lot of people still out here supporting Trumpism and white supremacy. Yes. So right now, I see a crumbling. The Trumpism and the Republican Party are crumbling. So I think we may sit back and let them self-destruct. Because it um, goes more than that. You yeah. know what though? He's it, it goes, he's on a but Michael. He's on a point though. He's on a point. I mean, uh, go ahead, Victor. Then we'll come back with your point, Michael. But I, I like where he's going with it. Go, Victor. Right. Go, Victor. Well, I the fact too. that um. When they talked about this America First caucus, mm. um, there yeah. was Republicans who was against it. Not all of the Republicans are going to go along with it. So a lot of these um, white supremacy kooks talk, the more they are um, given a great gift. Um, the gift that they are given by running their mouth is to cause themselves not to be reelected. Let's yes. look at the former Congressman Steve King, for example, who pushed a lot of this pro-white rhetoric. He um, pushed a lot of this rhetoric for years. I remember him pushing it on MSNBC one time about how the white civilization, uh, how how the Western Europe, European, some foolishness, how they were the creator of civilization. Anybody with half of a brain knows that's not true. But yes. he kept pushing and pushing his pro-right agenda until he was removed from his um, committee seat. And then he was primaried and lost his election, and now he's a former congressman. And this is what's going to happen with a lot of these um, pro-American oh. first um whatever you want to call it, the, the Trump, the Trumpers, they got to continue to lose elections. 
Arizona have two, two Democratic senators. We didn't think that would happen because if you remember during the um, Kathy Gifford shooting, yes, yep, the yep. sheriff then said that there was a vitriol in Arizona of hate. You remember mm-hmm. the uh, former Governor Jan Brewer pointing her finger and in President Obama's face. Yeah. And um the the sheriff, um Apio, I can't remember the man's name, but he was a Trumper Joe <clears throat> Arpaio. Yep, that's Thank who you. it is. Exactly. But he was Arizona. Shut down. So Arizona is a blue state now. They won um Joe Biden won the state and they won two Democratic senators. Georgia Joe Biden won the state, two Democratic senators. So we slowly seeing them fall off. And your Marjorie Taylor Greene, your um, Ron Johnson, your um, all the pro-right coup, Josh Harley, Ted Cruz, their life expectancy in politics is not that long. You know something, Victor? You're touching on something. And when I, and I'm speaking from my point of view of of the impeachment of of these uh, reps, um, we just don't have the will to go through this. We are such in a we are in a, such a fragmented moment. I think in American history, where people probably would not even vote against these folks simply because they're doing something that's beneficial for them in their communities. So that's why they wouldn't they wouldn't vote against anything that they were saying. Michael, talk to me about what your point of view because you was coming across with Victor was, was finishing up his point in relationship to why these why these Trumpers are continuing to fall. Yes, they're gonna fall some more because the, there's there is an opportunity for folks like us to continue to to shine the light on them, so to speak. And bring them out to the forefront and let people see them as they are undressed and and in the in the true realness of of what we say here on the show. Go ahead, Michael. Well, you know, Victor was definitely on to something. And that's on the political aspect with these guys um, you know, running for office and campaigns and continuing with their nonsense and lying to the people. But as we've seen in the Chauvin verdict. People are seeing the light and seeing the truth and not accepting any more excuses or scripted BS to, uh, by these people to avoid accountability. And then when you're looking at it, and this is why I say it goes further than that, Matt Gates, he's in trouble right now because of criminal investigations against him involving sex trafficking. And then Jim Jordan is still getting haunted with the claims of um, underage teenage boys' abuses in the gyms or locker rooms or whatever that scandal is that he supposedly knew about, but then kept hush-hush about it and then allowed it to happen. And then whether or not he took part in it, that's another thing. Each of these Republicans have something to hide when it comes to the legalities and even possibly the violation of rights and criminal um, was a criminal behavior towards another human being 
and they're mm-hmm. trying to hide. And then Lord knows that we already see Mr. 45 having an onslaught of multiple, multiple accusations that's leveled against him. So you're wondering, like, you know, remember I kept using the phrase organized crime. You know, we can use that phrase in so many aspects. So the big question is, how long will these Republicans continue to cover up for one another to keep holding secrets? Because if if the you-know-what hits the fan much to where one person is implicated in that crime, it could be a whole bunch of these people implicated in that crime. And I'm hinting towards the inside job allegations when it came to the January 6, 21 insurrectionists. There's still an investigation going on. And the fact of the matter is, if you knew something and did not say anything or still partaking in the cover-up, you could very well be indicted in that crime as an accessory and obstruction of justice and obstruction of investigation. So you know, people got to be really thinking about, you know, how long can you, how long can you go further in um, playing these kinds of games and then risking getting yourselves into trouble? Is it worth the political points? You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know something, guys? When this, you know, you have, you had some of the most iconic civil rights leaders out in force this evening um, once this verdict was rendered and they're out sharing their, their pleasure in, in the verdict. Um, my thing is, coming to you, Victor, how do you feel about what you saw? You saw Jesse, you saw Benjamin Crump, you saw Al Sharpton. You saw the whole team of, of lawyers who helped out in the situation. Um, George Floyd's family is still receiving donations for help and everything like that through through the National Action Network and other organizations that's helping them out during this time. How do you feel? Oh, I, I feel great. I feel great that um, justice has been served. Um, also, I feel great about the attorney general in Minnesota with his former congressman, Keith Ellison. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Keith Ellison was the first um, congressman of Muslim faith to be elected in Congress from Minnesota, just like um, the uh, 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 common um, congresswoman, Ilhan, Ilhan Omar. He's Muslim, too, from Minnesota. So it's... Um, um, Rashida to live, and what it shows is a great strength of diversity. As this nation get more diverse, the um, right to primitives will lose power, and this is what's scaring them. When you name um, Ilhan Omar, Rashida to leave. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Alyssa Presley, who are known as the squad, it scares them because here are four women of color who are coming in and they wreaking 
havoc to the old establishment. Because Mike and I was just talking about in New York, the people that um, oh, AOC beat. He beat a well-established congressman to win that seat. And these folks are Those running scared. Exactly. They are running scared right now because they see the diversity is coming in and that this is a nation of many people, not just white supremacists. So you're going to get your Marjorie Taylor Greene coming in with she being stripped of all her seats. She, she's just there trying to cause some trouble with Trumpism. She, she's going to fizz out. And as Michael was saying, Matt Gates. So let's look at how the Republican handled these folks as opposed to Democrats. Al Franklin. Love Al Franklin. I remember listening to Al America Radio. Because he's a love listening to the show. He got into the situation with some pictures he took. It was innocent fun, but a little risque. So, you know, the person he took the picture with, the young lady, she called him out on it. Right. And Nancy Pelosi said, or, or the Senate, the Senate said, look, we love you, but it's best to go ahead and resign. So let's look at Matt Gates. Here's a guy who's been accused of taking underage girls across the border, uh, showing pictures of naked women to other members of congressmen. Uh, the guy that he been doing all this stuff with is is um, cooperating and singing to the feds now. But Kevin McCarthy is still trying to um, cover for him. He's still Kill trying him. to speak up for him. So they handled this stuff all wrong. And as Michael stated earlier, Donald Trump, he got, what, two dozen accusations against him? Um, he paid off Playboy models, soft porn stars, and they're still trying to cover for them. So what it's showing is their lack of character. Hmm. And people are not going to want a lack of character in office for a long time. Wow, wow, wow. He, you know what? One of these one of these moments, we're going to have to address these folks face up when it's time to vote again. And I'm hoping, I am hoping that we get our opportunity, guys. And, and that is, after this moment, let's see how, let's see how they're going to come out of here and do things. Let's find out what they're going to do now. Bitty, you're putting out a lot of commentary on this situation. You're giving, you're giving all the history behind what's going on with, with stuff. Now, Michael is, Michael is sharing the same things in relationship to the process of how this verdict came about. What if, what if, what if it went the other way? What would we be talking about tonight? We, we, shouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about a guilty verdict. We would have been talking about a not guilty verdict and the repercussions thereof, but we don't have that right now. Oh, um, Minnesota can I would have been on that? fire. Yeah. Can I address that, though? But one thing I'm going to say, and, and I'll let you come in, Michael. First thing I'm going to say is, is that this was a reckoning moment for the nation. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a total remedy of 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 ending um, racism in America. But a show was a heck of a start, though. 
and I mean a very good start at, at what we want to do in this nation by remedying, remedying some of the issues of racist attitudes and racism in law enforcement, I think. This was a clear signal to law enforcement. You have no area of protection any longer. Your immunity is gone to some degree. Yes, they still have some immunity when it comes to certain issues, but when it comes to taking a life, there shouldn't be a gray wall there anymore. There should be no wall altogether. That's what I think. Go ahead, go ahead, Michael. Well, if there was uh, if there was an acquittal, you know, protesters were told time and again to protest peacefully, and that's what Maxine Waters was talking about as well. They'll continue protesting the same way, you know, peacefully. They were not engaged in any kind of um, rioting or looting or things like that. We've seen a lot of that mainly done by the right, right-wingers undercover trying to create problems for the legitimate protesters and Black Lives Matter. And then thus, you heard the false talking points from the right saying, oh, Black Lives Matter and leftists are a bunch of looters, rioters, haters of this nation. And you know, we all remember the lies that's going on. But... Um, Yes, we have convictions, and that people, as we've seen on television footage in the various parks, rejoicing at the verdict, they holding hands in prayer, I guess giving thanks to God, and hugging one another. You know, it's a sign of relief that perhaps we're finally seeing a turning point of beginning to measure equal accountability and pushing for that. But Make no mistake, I'm still fearful of the opposite side, those that support the police brutality, the white supremacists. And we know we've touched on this so many times. We've seen on January 6th how violent they've gotten because they didn't get what they wanted, and they were incited by whom we called many times the terrorists in chief at times. And many of them are still on the loose with um, warrants out for their arrests for what happened on January 6th. You had to wonder how bold are these people think they are that they would try to engage in um, a violent reaction to a conviction or would they engage in any kind of confrontation with the people of color that are embracing one another rejoicing in this um, conviction verdict. And then what about the police officers that are out there? There's some, as we have said, have joined the force for the wrong reasons. We have people here in New York City asking the NYPD, whatever the verdict is, please let us exercise our First Amendment rights to protest, to speak on the matter, acquittal, or conviction and let us exercise our First Amendment rights and we always do so peacefully. And um, the commissioner said many of these officers have already been retrained and restructured 
in terms of um, the proper handling of protests. But yes, we we advocate peaceful um, assembly and expect it to remain that way. But you still got some cops that are Trump supporters, some cops that favor police brutality, and then want to get into the face of their opponents and misuse their badge and and their um, uniforms, as we've seen last year. That last year, so there could be a group of people that are still embracing one another and signs of harmony and relief. And the last thing you need is for some a pro-Chauvin, pro-Trump cop coming in and say, it's at the curfew, get the bleep out of here and start shoving people out. That's what yeah, I'm that, afraid of. That would, be, that would be very, very dangerous if that starts happening in, in, in this country. Hey, You're folks, not kidding. This, hey, hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We don't want Michael and Victor. We want to thank Bill for stopping by tonight and sharing with us. And, and yes, Michael, your point is is, is well taken here. Um, I'm just, I am very, and I I, I don't want to get into that symbolism of no, of, course uh, of, of 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 what people are seeing in social media in regards to this verdict. Um, I'm very Murray, uh, you, I'm very knowledgeable and acknowledge the yep. fact that we did get a verdict that that was rendered of 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 the conviction. Um, I don't want to do a, a lap yet. Uh, I just want folks to continue to be cautious and pay attention because we got a long way to go before we reach some we reach some level of 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 community in this nation because you still have you still have folks who are not on board with brown with brown at all and that's what's bad here. Go ahead, Michael. Which comment? Um, yeah, you asked a legitimate question earlier, and I almost neglected to answer. You asked, you know, given this verdict and what we've seen, where do we go from here? Excellent, excellent question. Where do we go from here? First off, as um, Victor said earlier, there's three other defendants in this matter of George Floyd. It'll be interesting to see how this goes with them because this conviction of Derek Chauvin, who is the main defendant out of all four of them, all right, it sets the stage for the trials of the, each of the other three defendants, former police officers. I'm wondering if they are going to decide to try to plead out because, you know, conviction on one could very well be the conviction on all of them, especially when you have the body cams on each of them and the transcript of these proceedings, this case could be used as evidence in the other upcoming cases. Um, where do we go from here? This calls for a major reform of law enforcement nationwide. It is no longer just bad apples. It is no longer just isolated incidents, although for decades we kept saying the contrary. When George Floyd was murdered, that took center stage nationwide nationwide protests of not just people of color, but whites also denouncing this despicable ending of a human life from California to New York to Maine. And so it was no nationwide and people spoke on it saying a systemic problem. 
a systemic pattern. And thus, we've also seen the exposure of people who support this systemic pattern and who keep lying to the face of this nation. And thus, there's been a lot of exposures in this, and I think there's going to be calls for several reforms. Reform the police. Instead of defund the police, we say reform the police. We're also saying reform the lawmakers. The people, as you said, Murray, that are in Congress, that are not doing anything productive, but rather destructive. They need to be called out. They need to be investigated into any wrongdoing, any criminalities that that they have going on, and they need to be expelled. They all took an oath, and we already have a lot of them on notice that they're being investigated for violating those oaths. And let's not forget also the people who are not, repeat, not in law enforcement, but taking matters into their own hands and have the gall, the audacity to be repeating the same scripted excuses as actual police officers do upon taking a life or committing an assault on a civilian. Let's not forget the black jogger. I forgot the location. I think it was in Georgia that was shot dead by three white guys, and they were going to act like they're judge, juries, executioners, and vigilante cops, which they were none of the above, but saying that they suspected him of burglary. And even if there was a burglar, you still don't take those kinds of actions. There are people who want to treat the Second Amendment as their right to have a gun and execute people that they don't like the looks of. And that is totally wrong. That needs to be addressed. And again, major reform, gun safety reform. There are a whole lot of legalities here, ladies and gentlemen, in which this verdict, this conviction of Derek Chauvin has set um, a red flag, has turned on the yellow lights, has turned on the attention of people nationwide and perhaps worldwide. We keep saying the world is watching, the world has been watching, and guess what, folks? The world will continue to watch. We have a lot of unfinished business and unresolved issues that warrant America's attention and worldwide attention. And I say so on an imminent level. All right, all right. You know, well said, Michael. One thing I want to say, and and everyone, please, please check out Michael's commentary. What's some outstanding commentary we've had this week? And Victor, you too as well. You've you've given history lessons this week as well with your postings, and I thank you. I thank you guys for that. One thing I want to say this evening Pleasure. before we before we go, we got some work to do, unfinished business. We got to make sure we emphasize to our audience. The simple fact that this is this is long this is a long way from being over before we see that utopia yes, of that utopia of what America could be. So we are a long ways from that. This verdict was a, it was a clear indicator that we are moving in the right direction. 
Um, I think the evidence outweighed anything that the de- that the defense was throwing at throwing at the at, at the prosecution. Nothing stuck on the wall, as as they say. So we move no. forward with this. Um, um, I am really keeping my eye on the black community now. I know we it's a lot of us celebrating tonight. A lot of us are posting on social media. Let's understand, folks. This is just the beginning. We got to worry about Ahmaud Aubrey's case, Breonna Taylor, and several other cases of African Americans who who are being who have to go to court. And uh, we also had a, another teen shooting to take place. Uh, this yeah, one was a thirteen-year-old child, thirteen years old in uh, Chicago, was it? Yep, Chicago was yep. the place. We also had another one take place in Tennessee. A teenager was killed by police inside the school. Anthony Thompson Jr., a 17-year-old black high school student, did not actually shoot at an officer before the police killed him inside a school bathroom last week. Is prompting demands for release of the police body camera footage and the involvement of the preeminent civil rights attorneys. I can imagine Benjamin Crump is probably going to be on this one next. Um, Authorities have offered few details about the case, and so we have yet to hear about this one making national headlines. This is another one. So, folks, we ain't out the woods yet. We still got a long ways to go. Um, It's so um, amazing, Murray. Murray, it's so amazing that you said you, you keep your you're going to keep your eye out on the black community, rightfully so. But then let's keep our eyes out on the white communities and just um, offer them some words of encouragement and strong, strong advice. Right, ladies and gentlemen, you saw what happened with Derek Chauvin, okay? Mm-hmm. As we have said, we got a long way to go, a lot of unfinished business. We keep saying to get to the polls and vote at every election. But then here comes the other challenge, that our work is not just at getting to the polls, but we've seen and heard so many times. If you see something, if you know something, say something. Don't hold it back. Find some way to report what you know and, um, of course, do it safely. But don't let so much time go by. You're not going to want to hold on to whatever you know to November or at any special election. There's no time to waste. As soon as you know something, let it be known so the matter could be resolved. And then, please, God, the ending will always have people going home safely. So the thing is, So the thing is also... Don't fall into the trap of being another Derek Chauvin and um, citing the words of the late Joe Clark portrayed wonderfully by Morgan Freeman in the movie Lean On Me after he expelled those kids that were doing nothing but trouble inside the school but, but only doing destruction. What did Joe Clark say? Next time it may be you. And if you do know better than they did, next time it will be you. So take those words into account, especially those in law enforcement. Derek Chauvin is convicted. Anybody else 
in law enforcement or even non-law enforcement that think they are above the law, they're immune to prosecution, especially if you're saying because you're a Trump supporter. I repeat the words, next time it may be you. If you do know better than Derek Chauvin, next time it will most likely be you. Don't fall into that trap. Think twice before you act. Absolutely, Mike. Um, hey, go ahead, Victor, with your comment. Real quick. Okay. Um, I just want to point out the history of policing over the United States, but particularly in the South. Um, I think about Brian Stevenson. Um, he has the Equal Justice Initiative based out of Montgomery, Alabama. Montgomery, Alabama is also the home of Dr. King's first church. That's the Avenue Baptist Church, where he um, led the Montgomery Improvement Association, which was um, created out of Rosa Park, refusing to give up her seat. Um, Brian Stevenson got Walter McMillan and Anthony Ray Hinton and many others off of death row. They was um, falsely accused of, of killing people and put on death row because the police told them, Anthony Hinton said that the police told him, oh, they're going to find you guilty because it's going to be a right jury. Then I'm going to say you're guilty. You're not going to have a chance. And they were put on death row with no evidence of committing a crime of murder. So this is policing practice um, in the South. Miami, Florida. When it comes down to college football, I am a Miami Hurricane fan. Because before <clears throat> the late um, Howard Snellenberger, the coach who won the first championship in the University of Miami, who just passed recently, he thought it would be a good idea to go to the neighborhood and get some of these guys to play football. Because what was happening before then is that police were killing people like crazy in these areas and getting off because this was pre-Rodney King era. So it was the police world against the person being killed. It's a saying that goes, um, the lion tell the tail, but the hunter get the glory, something like that. Yeah. Because they were killing the people and said, I had to kill them. So um, we had this going on in Miami, and um, but the thing we seen with the the David Chauvin case, which was so, you know, which was excellent, is that blue wall crumbling, because there was that blue wall. I don't care what my fellow officer did, I'm going to defend him to the end, not this time, and like I said before. These other three guys are going on trial in August. And let's see how much they try to stand up for um, Charvin now since he's being convicted, found guilty of three crimes, second degree, third degree murder, and manslaughter. And um, let's make clear. Go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Victor. Make, make clear also, make sure everyone understands that Derek Chauvin and these other um, three defendants, they are no longer no longer police officers because of the exactly. actions they did towards George exactly. Floyd that was a direct violation of policies and procedures and training. Exactly. I, so, issues and, and, that was brought up 
issues that was brought up at trial, okay? Right. So they were, be, they were indicted, and thus far, Derek Chauvin tried as a former police officer, charged right. with the criminal activity that he committed while as a police officer. So I thought we better clarify that so we want to understand yeah. to avoid Thank any you. confusion. Thank you, Michael. Because um, they made that definitely clear, um, saying that he is no longer a police officer. He no longer had that position of authority. So, yes, you're right. These ex-police officers go on trial in August. And I want to see if they're going to try to um, stand by their man who has been convicted. I doubt it. Um, we're gonna find. We'll find talk- out really. We'll find out really <laughs> soon whether or not exactly. they're gonna stand up and make some noise. I, I, I really, <laughs> right. I really, I really feel that's not the case. These folks understand. I, I, and I want to talk about the situation. I want to talk about the hypocrisy of the of of this defense lawyer who tried to um, invoke the name of Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Yes, David Nelson. How can you try to say that? See, Eric. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you. You're on it tonight. How can you um, say that she incited violence? She did not incite any violence, but yet he was probably silent about Trump and his incitement of violence during this insurrection on January 6th. Because see, this is the hypocrisy. Um, when they are doing their stuff, they are silent. They're silent. They're silent. They don't say anything. But soon somebody from the left or somebody that they don't agree with say something, now they are chirping and talking and trying to point the finger. But there's an old saying that when you point one finger at me, you're pointing three back at yourself. And um, that's all I have. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We're on with Michael Victor, and we did have our legal eagle on bill tonight as well. We want to thank you guys for participating in this special episode tonight of the Derek Chauvin verdict. And uh, um, I am I'm fired up already. You guys keep me fired up all the time when when it times times like these. Um, the world is much better off having you in it than having you gone. I'm going to say that to you because that's how much you mean to me. The thing I want to say to everyone as we move into the rest of the week, let's let's continue to pray for George Floyd's family and uh, America too. America can stand some prayer. And for all of those who are impacted by what happened with George Floyd, our prayers continue with for you as y'all move forward after this verdict. Even we want to pray to the ones who pray for the ones who were convicted, that they they come they have a reckoning in their hearts after a moment like this, because they still got to see the greater one later in 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 their time. And so we ask we ask for prayer for them as well. Even the guilty have a measure of redemption. So we want to offer them that measure of redemption as well. Everybody does. Um, uh, the other thing I want to announce too, why I have you guys on is the simple fact that we are moving into that time of year where 
We're going to put emphasis on the midterm elections. We're going to get started in the month of May, and we're going to try to make it to the next May and hoping that everyone will pay, will, will give us an opportunity to talk about their, their candidates of their choice coming up here in the month of May. We're going to kick off our midterm, midterm season. We're going to ask any, any political candidate to come on the show and share their platform with us in relationship with what's going on with the midterm elections. We do have elections happening all over the country for new house reps. We're going to have some Senate seats up for, for uh, re-election as well. And so let's, let's get out and support everyone uh, that's running for office. We hope to have some candidates on the show as we move forward in, into the summer and, and, and into next year as well. So let's hope we can get that done. Uh, guys, you have anything to say before we go? Uh, just one real quick, um, uh, Marie. And I, I was trying, as you were talking, I was trying to think of the guy's name. And I thank Victor for making that um, comparison and bringing that hypocrisy of the right-wing hypocrisy um, regarding attorney Eric Nelson. And yes. he may like he may be facing some um, legal problems of his own um, for some of the statements that he made, and um, and one and one of which was it appeared that he actually lied to the judge regarding Maxine Waters. Um, I don't think he would be in the position to comment on how Trump um, incited the his base, the insurrectionists on January sixth. But I will question Mr. Nelson on how is it that he is slamming Maxine Waters, another person of color, the same way he degraded the victim of color, George Floyd. How's he going to slam Maxine Waters and falsely accuse her of trying to incite violence and trying to and I'm going to focus on this accusation, influence the jury and the outcome of this case. But he didn't say a doggone thing about a right-wing columnist named Cal Hunter, who was on record saying the cops in the George Floyd case are going to get off, and here is why, dot, dot, dot. And he was spreading that propaganda all around. Not one peep from Eric Nelson on that one. Well, that's because Nelson. unfounded, all that stuff is unfounded information out there, folks. And we know Michael's, Michael's educating us on it tonight about these unfounded accusations made, made, uh, uh, made toward uh, Maxine Waters and everything. We, we all know that the folks are, are targeted for specific uh, for specific reasons, and they have most of this is political rancor, as we always say here on the show. We know what's there for, and uh, that's what Michael's letting us know, guys. We we have to pay attention. Yeah, and you're right, Murray, and you're right. It's political, but then again, you're in the court of law. You're supposed to be dealing with facts here. Well, uh, you you have to understand the defense went after this situation because they wanted to. Um, cast doubt into the into the jurors' minds, but that didn't help none. Actually, I think it actually I think it motivated jurors 
to give us the verdict that we have this evening. So that's what I think it did. Ah. It happened in an adverse way. That's what I'm trying to say. It, it happened in an adverse way. Absolutely. It absolutely did. Uh, Victor, what's your last words for the night, sir? Uh, folks, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and sign off. Whatever you do, stay together. Stay uh, together. Uh, uh, Come me, on, Bobby, can you hear me now? I'm here. Okay, sir. my last word for the night is um, rest in peace to Walter Fritz Mondale. He was the 42nd yes, president. Uh, he was the first president candidate to pick a woman for his running mate. Absolutely. And um, so we say rest in peace to him. That's and one right. of the things he said was he he thanked everybody that he ever worked with in politics. And um, his last words was that we're certainly glad to have Joe in there. Talking about Joe Biden, who was a longtime friend. So just keep, as the George Floyd family, keep the Mondale family in your prayers too. And he was the son of Minnesota. Absolutely, absolutely. First man to pick a female candidate, Geraldine Ferraro was his pick as a vice presidential candidate when he, when he tried to run for president. That's one of the outstanding things that stood out about Walter Mondale, and he was a very good diplomatic person. Um, Jimmy Carter had a very good diplomatic vice president at the time. We're, going, we're doing some, you know what, guys? We ought to do a retro show on politics. We ought to go back to the 70s and talk about some of those politic, political moments that happened in the 70s. Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter winning. Or, winning. I would love it. Coming back from coming coming out of nowhere to become a president, that was something that Jimmy Carter yes. pulled that off. We could talk about Watergate a little bit. We could talk oh, yeah. about the end. We could talk about the end of the Vietnam War at the time. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Nineteen seventy-five, uh, seventy-six, when we finally had American troops leave Vietnam. Uh, we also Be could talk. We also <laughs> need to mention. We could actually mention about um, some of the American uh, 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 soldiers' remains being sent back from the Vietnamese uh, country. They were sending back Americans who were killed in Vietnam. They were sending back some of the remains of American soldiers back to the country in the 70s, if you guys can remember that. See, see now, Murray, you know what you're going to wind up um, having us do, and that is going through uh, a somewhat song parody from a hit from the Little River Band. That was a, a considerable good group in the 70s. And changing words around, you have us going through the book and reminiscing. Oh, yeah. Reminiscing. Oh yeah, that's what we gotta do. We gotta go back, guys. Oh yeah, we gonna do a. I I feel like we ought to do a retro show of of politics from the seventies. We had some interesting characters back then too. Now, you know, you had Jimmy Carter, you had Walter Mondale, you had uh, uh, Richard Nixon, this Gerald Ford as well. You had um, uh, 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 Monaghan Bacon. You also had uh, other figures from the seventies that played a part in American politics at that time. Um, we were we were a country that was trying to move to the from far right to the far to the middle again. And then we kind of when Jimmy Carter got elected, we went all the way over to the left. 
and uh, that's how we got the, the one of the one of the best pieces of of legislation ever, and that was the Middle East Peace Plan that Jimmy Carter helped under underwrite with his diplomacy. That's something that President Carter will be remembered for for a lifetime. Uh, his and then, uh, yeah, and then, to ahead, add, and then to add, and then to add to that, um, add to that, Murray, that we could also look at how entertainment has played in the politics and the current events of the seventies in the world of music, in the world of television, the television yes. programs that have been on the air, and and the one television producer well credited for bringing such social issues in sitcoms, Nomen Lear. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Who has a place in, in American history at the African American Museum in Washington, D.C., where you have some of the memorabilia from those shows from the 70s. All in the family, the Jefferson, Good Times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things I, I want to point out about All in the Family, All in the Family was a favorite of mine. And what it did, it showed, like, um, when you look at a character like Arthur Bunker, it's not the hate, it's the stupidity. And then the real Carol Mm -hmm. O'Connor in life, he was somebody, like, totally opposite from the character he played. Yes. They say he was a very lovable person. Yes. It's my understanding that he was a very charitable person as well. So there were some things about him yes. that came yes, to the was. forefront very fast. So, I mean, yes. playing playing a character that was a bigot, Archie Bunker was a bigot, as big as you could get. But knowing that he was opposite of that was just amazing because coming right. out of character, you never would have thought that uh, Carol but O'Connor see, he, was like that. Hey. He played that character to, um, I want to say, take away the steam of the hate that we have been experiencing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to play Arthur Bunker, it not only had to laugh at um, him playing that character, but just to show how idiotic his thought pattern was. Absolutely. And I can remember on MSNBC, when Donald Trump was first elected, they compared him to Archie Bunker. Oh yeah, a guy who was a guy who had his own set of rules, and didn't Archie had his own yeah. set of rules? And that's a, well, and that's the amazing that's the amazing thing too, because when you look at you mentioned the actors Carol O'Connor and Rob Reiner, who played the son-in-law Mike Civic, and he was a liberal. The two characters, yes. Archie Bunker, Mike Civic. Totally at odds with one another when it came to politics and social issues. They were still family, but really didn't see eye to eye. But the two actors, Carol O'Connor and Rob Reiner, were like the best of friends and like exactly. birds of a feather, peas in the pot. They're always about people and charity. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I thank you so much, Victor, for bringing that up. You know something? You guys got me in that mindset. We're going to do a retro show. We're going to call it Return to the 70s. I already have a title for it. Ain't it something? Hey, folks, oh, whatever uh, you Yeah, and then you go through the 80s and 90s and all that. <laughs> you Absolutely. got something there, Murray. Uh, thank you so much. We got, we're going to do, do a retro 70s show. 
the topic's going to be politics. We're going to, and I'm asking you two guys to do some homework on on political figures oh, from the '70s. Definitely. Pick somebody from the '70s that you like, and so we can talk about them. My, I know who I'm picking, but I ain't sharing. I'll, I'll, I'll do a surprise, and you guys are gonna say, "Oh, I knew he was gonna pick him," okay, or her, and we're gonna, we, we're gonna yeah. do that show. Uh, uh, before we go, we're gonna. I want to also emphasize this week too that we want to make sure that everybody is continuing to do their what COVID protocol. We still under, we still under some, some of the COVID protocols throughout the country. So everybody, please take care of yourselves out there here um we ain't out of the woods yet it's it's great knowing that everybody has had at least a shot and the president is on his way to getting his his much um his dream of getting 100 million people vaccinated by the 4th of july i think it's going to happen i hope it does because that way we are on our way to herd immunity for sure and uh, we're hoping that's the case as we move into as we move into the summer months, we're headed to May, uh, May, June, July. So we have we still have a couple of months to go, and hopefully we'll hit that plateau very soon. Uh, as we go tonight, we want to say, stay together, stay in love, peace. Are you listening to the same old political talking points? Then check out the community call for a new perspective on politics. Left. Right. Center. We bring it together with an open and honest political discussion. Thanks for listening to the community call. Be sure to tune in next time for another rousing discussion.